Hi guys, Christopher Menning here. How are you all doing? Uh, this is going to be a great episode. So um, I was joined recently by Chris Thompson and Chef Peter Franklin, uh, both coming over from Saigon. Um, this is another episode of Table Talks, and it was great to chat about the Vietnamese bar scene, uh, F&B scene in general, um, but also the growth and some of the exciting developments going on there. Now, um, Chris Thompson recently has been uh, given a role as Senior Editor of Food and Drink for Vietc, which is one of the biggest publications out there, um, not only as a publication, but also digital content too. And Chef Peter Franklin is a bit of a superstar uh, with his award-winning restaurant, Anan, and the cocktail bar attached, Niao Niao. Um, so we talk about all of this and more. Um, obviously, we are over the 50 best, <laughs> but um, some of the stuff we talk about was obviously relevant to the time. But uh, I do urge any of you guys that if, for instance, you're planning to go to Vietnam, which I hope all of you are now, because obviously the borders are open, then do go check out uh, these guys. Check out what Chris is writing about uh, because he really is sort of one of the gurus of where to go and eat and drink. And please, please do try and get a table at Anam because the food is phenomenal. I was very lucky to try the food uh, when they came over to Thailand because at Smalls, um, we had a pop-up with Chef Peter and uh, he had this incredible bone marrow foe, uh, which was just outstanding um so the food quality is just another level and uh if you look at his instagram and facebook you'll see why along with this um chef has been really involved with world class being one of the judges for vietnam um and i know he's sort of such a fan of uh you know the cocktail scene and, and trying to get it out there so yeah some pretty exciting things um to chris and to peter thanks so much for joining on the show a pleasure to host you and meet you once again and i look forward to coming to vietnam very soon. Uh, just a final shout out as well. Uh, the guys very kindly bought me uh, a couple of bottles of alcohol from Vietnam. Uh, we had Sampan rum, which is quite lovely, and Songkai gin. Um, so these are both Vietnamese uh, products. Um, interesting as well. Um, I've drunk both and enjoyed both. And uh, I think it's definitely something to look into. So I'll actually put those um, bottles in the show notes to the website so you can have a look yourselves. Anyway, enough babbling from me. This is Table Talk, episode three with Chris Thompson and Peter Franklin. Let's roll the intro. Benjamin Franklin once said, in wine, there is wisdom. In beer, there is freedom. And in water, there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On The Bat Bar Podcast. Of course, it's your host, Christopher Menning, and uh, I'm joined by Chris Thompson and Chef Peter Franklin coming over from Ho Chi Minh. 
Yeah. Yes, Ho Chi Minh City yeah. or Saigon would be good. Guys, how are you doing? Welcome back to Bangkok. I know you had a busy night last night with the service. Uh, how was it for you at Smalls? Uh, yeah, so, you know, um, we um, pop into uh, Smalls and uh, we brought uh, our cocktail from uh, Fajito from Yao Yao and then we found a couple of other dishes. Uh, given all the events that was happening last night, so it's they overbooked a hell out of people, so I, I thought it was a really fun event. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, a few things to work out in the kitchen, like uh, you know, flooding and running out of stuff. But we made it work. <laughs> <laughs> Typical, right? But yes. I tried the food; it was amazing. You had your bone marrow pho, um, just epic, really. It was great to see what you craft, um, you know, over at Anan. Chris, how's your time been in Bangkok? Well, firstly, it's great to be back. Because we were here for the the restaurants, Asia 50 Best Restaurants, only four weeks ago, I think it was. And um, what I always like the idea of a productive visit. And, you know, we were here four weeks ago and we we just met you, uh, had that coffee in the, you know, in the, um, the lobby of the Pullman Hotel. That's right. And here we are again, you know, so we've been able to see you last night which was great at, at Smalls and, and now we're doing this and also hoping that what we talk about today is going to lead into different things in the future you know when you can come and visit Vietnam and we can show you the best of, of Vietnam as well so Good. No, it's great to be back. Well it's a pleasure to host you both on the podcast um, lots to talk about really about Vietnamese F&B um, you know, it's such an exciting time, I think, for the country. It's really growing, and you guys have been sort of paramount in helping that grow. But, um, you know, what's been going on recently after the whole COVID outbreak? We're sort of over that now. I know tourism's coming back, but what's going on in the scene right now? What's what's really hot right now? Um, I, I think, you know, um, I'll pull back a little bit. I, I came back to, to Vietnam Saigon about five years ago to open uh, Ang Ang, then subsequently open Nhau Nhau Bar. And uh, I, I think within certainly in the last five years, you've seen uh, the F and B scene was really exploded, uh, both in the restaurant and bars. And then, of course, then we had two very tough years because of COVID. And I, I think now uh, things are really start to open up again. So I think uh, on the restaurant side, there's a lot of interesting new because it's a bit of this. From what I see, you have a pent up demand from the customer side. And there's pent up demand from people who want to open new things, new ideas. So I think uh, within the next few months or so, or six months, we'll see a lot more. St- uh, you have all the one that's kind of gone to sleep for a while, they're going to wake up. Then we have a lot of new stuff that's going to come on. That could be both local as well as uh, international brands and other places coming into Vietnam. So I, I think it will be a very exciting time. Mm-hmm. Great to hear. And let's go into Anam because it, was it five years ago you said that you started it? Yes. So 2017, I was based in Hong Kong. I came back to uh, Vietnam. I wasn't sure that I was going to do, you know, so, but then uh, we found this small little two building, typical Vietnamese style, you, you know, uh, that goes up all the way up sixth floor. Uh, I don't know how that thing stands, but it does. And it's right in the middle of the wet market. You, you know, I was just, just, I came back, I was just going to open a tiny little restaurant and up having this whole building, which is basically five floors and a rooftop. And uh, so having gotten that, and then we have the market in front of us where we can source a lot of fresh ingredients. Um, then, uh, you know, it started basically, we opened 
the rooftop bar actually the first thing. It's almost like a pop up while we built the restaurant, and then, then we subsequently built Angang. So that that's、uh, five years ago. Okay, and you've had great success, obviously being listed、uh, in the Asia Fifty Best. Yes.、Um, so congratulations for that. Thank you very much. You know, it's been、um, interesting to see the F and B scene grow, and these new restaurants and and young chefs, right, young talent coming in, and sort of start to build things up again. But、uh, I'd love to hear more about the sort of food you're serving at Anan because I know it's very traditional, but sort of an element of sort of finesse added to it, right? Mm, mm. I think you know when people experience things that they see,、uh, they're not familiar with. Sometimes they use the F word,、uh, which is、uh, fusion.、Mm. Uh, so, but I think、uh, when I came back, really, I think that the dining scene was、uh, either the very local stuff,、uh, that essentially street food, or you have more of like the international concept, let's say French or. Uh, you know, Japanese or something like that, and even at that point, if a Vietnamese chef want to expand their talent and stuff, they would work for one of those other restaurants rather than a Vietnamese restaurant.、Mm. So I came, and also the perception of the Vietnamese food has always been that it's really good; everyone loves it, you know.、Uh, but、uh, the second perception is that it has to be inexpensive.、Uh, so. Uh, so my mission from the beginning is really to elevate the Vietnamese cuisine to change that perception. So really taking really great food, great dishes you see from the street, and push that into the fine dining level.、Mm-hmm. And we're using good quality ingredient. We're using international techniques.、Uh, not so we use some Vietnamese technique, but we have a French. I'm training French cooking, so we will use French technique、uh, to produce, let's say, a broth for the for, for example, which is a consommé.、Uh, And then, by doing all that stuff, we want to push the perception of the Vietnamese cuisine into the next level.、Mm. Uh, and so that's a lot of we, every dish that we do and the total experience that we create for people is aiming for that purpose. So, and I call it instead of calling fusion, I like to use the word either modern or new Vietnamese. For me, it's still Vietnamese, but it's looking at Vietnam from a modern, new perspective where we can take. Really traditional local dishes and and food,、uh, and ingredient, but we can use international technique to make something that is new.、Mm. Chris, I know you eat there quite a lot, right? You were saying last <laughs> night you're always <laughs>、yeah. in there trying to the feed. So, how's it been to see、um, Anang grow? And I guess you've been in Sing-、uh, Vietnam for how long? So since 2013 now,、okay. and I really noticed、um, around 2017. An explosion in the growth of independent restaurants.、Mm. So prior to that, th- there wasn't quite as much choice. So a lot of the choice、mm. would have been centered around some of the, the top five-star hotels. But around the time that Peter opened, there's been other other restaurants such as as Quints,、um, the guys at, at Stoker,、um, Adrian, a, a friend of ours, has opened Soul Bar and Kitchen. And that's really started to to drive the, the the standards, and that's in Saigon, but also in Hanoi, they've begun to catch up as well.、Mm. So there's a young a young fella called Tung, who's、uh, opened Tung Dining, which started to to drive that degustation concept as well.、Um, and a number of people are sort of following following him.、Mm. He's moved down to Saigon as well. And one of the things I probably notice most is that. Uh, 
a career in hospitality is now considered to be a very stellar career path to follow mm. amongst the Vietnamese middle class, uh, maybe more importantly amongst their parents as well. Mm. You know, maybe in the past they'd want their kids to go into a real estate career or finance or the medical professions, and now to you know to own your own restaurant or your own F and B concept is now considered acceptable. Maybe is not the right word, but something to you know to to pursue really. Mm. And it's guys like Peter who've really you know led the way, and also helps us when we're when we're traveling and we come to these type of events, these fifty best. You know, there's somebody from Vietnam, you know, representing and on the list. Because prior to Peter's inclusion at, at number 39 in 2021, we'd gone seven years without having a, a restaurant from Vietnam represented. So, mm -hmm. you know, he, he's breaking through the, the glass ceiling and then everybody else hopefully following that. Mm. It's good to see that um, people are starting to be more proud of the heritage and, and you know, focusing on fine dining and, and just food in general in Vietnam. and. Mm. You know, I think it's an exciting time, like I said, for both cities as well, but also about the produce. So there are a lot of, um, well, Anam, for instance, you said you focus now on the market, the fresh produce as well, but mm. also you've bought two incredible bottles today mm. as well. We've got a gin and the Sampan rum as well. Mm. Tell us more about that, how Vietnamese produce is sort of growing now and even the distilleries too. I think an interesting lens to, to consider this would have been, you know, back in, 2012, 2013, I used to come here on sort of business trips and you'd be wanting to bring presents home mm. for your family and friends or, or latterly uh, some of the business partners that I had, I'd, I'd want to you know, provide presents for them as well. And it was pretty tough, you know, to, f to find something really that would fit. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, um, a brand called Maru Chocolate came through, which is a, a, an artisan style um, chocolate um, of course, all, all uh, sourced from ingredients in Vietnam. I guess this is a this is more about you know bars and restaurants, so I won't dwell too much around that. But, Everyone likes chocolate. <laughs> but, hey, but, but, but what's been great is um, in the last five years, the the craft spirit scene has really really gr grown. Mm. We brought these two here today because these have been kind of like the the first two brands that have that have really. Um, driven the growth, the trailblazers, if you like. And, and so Song Kai, this, this was established in 2018. A really cool guy called Daniel Nguyen, who's actually born and raised in America and has mm. a forestry background. Right. So he is just all about uh, foraging. In fact, when you meet he, his, his kind of his, his, his couture of choice, it's kind of like a Indiana Jones style olive green shirt. <laughs> Brilliant. Because he's always out in the highlands, you know, working with the farmers to to source these botanicals. Mm. Um, and what what's pretty cool about Sampan Rum as well, you you can actually just see on here, is if you see the the latitude of Hoi An in Da Nang, mm. if you follow that all across on the global map, you end up in the Caribbean. Oh. So actually, those those conditions especially for maturation, the temperature, the humidity and so on are very, very similar, hence the quality. And I know we'll go into a bit more detail later, but both of these brands have, have um, you know, won a lot, of, a lot of silverware, a lot of these global competitions, mm, mm. San Francisco awards, you know, et cetera. So it's great to be able to be proud of, 
mm. of some of the craft spirits that are being made in Vietnam on a daily basis. Well, thank you for bringing them. I can't wait to try, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. <laughs> so um, what's it like being back in Bangkok? I mean, there's so many events this week. It's been a bit crazy. I know you've been to some of them, but uh, is it nice to be able to go to these sort of events again, even though you did the 50 best restaurants, mm. you're back for the bars? What's it like to have this travel back? Uh, what, one of the, you know, anecdotally, one of the things I thought was really interesting just going through the airport yesterday was that that terrible snaky queue to go through security was back again. Right. And I never thought I'd be pleased to see that because <laughs> it's yeah. half an hour at least. And it, and it's we like would a bittersweet talk. feeling, right? It's like, mm. Yeah, mm. It, it doesn't need to be. I don't know why, it, but, it, but it's always a long, a long wait to sort of get through. But mm. at least that was reassuring because it felt like travel around Southeast Asia is, is starting to, to return. Mm. So, and, um, and, I, and I, I felt on this trip compared to the last trip, the restrictions in terms of getting in, you know, we, we were out of quarantine after two hours as opposed to 10 hours last time. So right. it just feels like it's all loosening and beginning to really open up. And again, I think there's, what is it, 10, 12 people from Vietnam are attending this. So it shows both the commitment of people in Vietnam to, to look to come to this and try mm. and raise the bar and improve ourselves or themselves mm. but also you know the, the the flow of people feels like it's getting mm. i think a lot more yeah. Mm. yeah good so where have you been to so far is there any hot spots you want to go to <laughs> I, I know uh, we talked about some restaurants that you're really sort of keen yeah i think you know uh, first I, I think it's really a wonderful thing to be able to travel again and I, I think you know that's why we're back again you know we were for the 50 best restaurant we're back for the bars and you know i run you know bar and we actually use as much local spirits who can, so we include both Good. of these gin on our, on our menu. Mm -hmm. But I, I think to, for us is, uh, particularly in Bangkok and Vietnam, we've always had this strong connection. We're very close together. When you look at the cuisine or like uh, we look at the latter ingredient, we are very similar, except the Thai approach is very different from the Vietnamese approach. For example, mm -hmm. you know, say Thai food is more, a lot more punchy, and we try to achieve a little bit more balance but the ingredients are quite similar mm. you know so and for me to bring one of our chef and one of our bartender and restaurant manager here is really to really look for inspirations and ideas and we want to eat as much both from the street food you know i have a friend of mine who's dears who took us to a late night place i can't remember the name we got there but uh, so you know there's a one of the Northern Isan style uh, dish uh, with the papaya, but they put the crab and uh, fermented stuff inside, but nice. a lot of chilies. So I hadn't eaten this thing in at least three or four years because of the travel restrictions. So I kind of uh, got too excited. So I kind of paid for it a little bit after because it was so spicy. And we've eaten some also really like Michelin style restaurant, uh, you know, try to eat places like Soan and stuff like that to really mm. understand how the Thai approach let's say southern thai cuisine as we go back and we're looking at vietnamese cuisine try to get inspiration idea from that because uh you know we want to be able to raise the standard of what we're doing so this mm -hmm. is a great learning opportunity and also just great to uh, enjoyment just to eat some of these things that's that's different from what we know you know mm. i'm glad you brought the team as well so they can sort of learn and get some inspiration that's yeah it's, it's very important because it's not a it's a you know, running a restaurant is always by the team, and a lot of people don't realize what it takes, you know, 
we have a team of over 20 people. There are 10 chefs in the kitchen. Then we got over 10 service people. We got we have three bars, one on the rooftop, one at you know, cocktail bar in the main restaurant. We also have another bar. So we have at least three bartenders. Mm -hmm. So if those people, and we use mostly young Vietnamese people, who are really driving things, making things happen. And the more exposure they have, and sometimes you can read on the internet, YouTube, but it's nothing like if you're in Thailand experiencing Thai food, uh, you know, eating it at, on the sidewalk at 12 o'clock midnight. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So you have to be here, you know? So it's, it's great for some of them to also experience them. Completely agree. Bruce, I'm off to, um, you know, we're going to the, the Mandarin Oriental later. And that's going to be that's going to be interesting because there's one of them, a Mandarin Oriental opening in Saigon in December. Yeah, okay. So that will be cool to mm. see kind of a, you know, a sign of, of what's to come. Yeah. And it was just um, Capella opened recently as well. Yeah. So I think last yeah. week. So it's good to see these big brands coming in, right, and so start to build up the industry mm. a little bit more. I mean, Capella, as you, you know, from you were talking with Sean and William yesterday, the amount of mm -hmm. investment that, that they've put into that property is incredible. Yeah, a lot of theatre. So yeah. I'm excited to go there. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, I think. But so actually, it's Asia 50 Best Bars. We've got the awards ceremony tonight. Yeah, very exciting. Right. So let's talk about Niao Niao and the cocktail bar. What type of serves do you do? You know, tell us about the concept. Right. So um, I'm kind of cheeky, you know. So we take uh, ang ang, which means literally means eat it in Vietnamese, which focus more on the the food of Vietnam and the dining experience. And then I open upstairs from that uh, a cocktail bar called Nhao Nhao. Nhao means to, uh, it's almost like tapas in Spanish. It means hmm. to drink, but it also has a bigger meaning. It's mean, it's a, when you say that, it means a bunch of us will go out somewhere. We're going to drink a lot, but we're also going to eat a lot. And we're going to have a great time together. And we spend at least four or five hours. So it's about the social cultural experience. Hmm. But typically in the past, it's always been uh, out in the sidewalk somewhere on a you know plastic stool, uh, mainly beer, uh, local beer, mm -hmm. uh, fresh beer most of the time, or you know very strong rice wine or basically rice spirits. Uh, so from that experience, what we do is we we basically create a fairly modern cocktail bar that has a very strong Vietnamese experience. Mm -hmm. So we're taking. Uh, our, our, my philosophy is really taking a lot of classic cocktail and we just put a Vietnamese twist to it. Let's say, you, you know, we, we take a mojito and we put herbs and spices, we make a fajito. Uh, you, you know, let's say we have actually a, we have a gin tonic, but we're using songkai and let's say some of the fresh ingredients like lemongrass and lime leaves and stuff like that. Of course, this is very similar to Thai, but the way we do it is different. It's kind of giving examples, kind of funny as we were training the bartender Smalls how to do the fajito. As we're pulling out all the ingredient, the herb, the lemongrass and the chili, and they took it, look at it, and they say, oh, tam yum. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you how similar it is. Yeah. But when we made it, they taste it. They say, oh, this is different. You know, mm -hmm. right? It's very similar ingredient, and they taste it. It looks like tom yum, but it's nothing like it. And sometimes, uh, so a lot of what we do, both on the food side and the drink side, is really try to create something like that. But we want to express the local ingredient. Where we we will try to use as much local spirits as possible. Mm -hmm. We're taking local ingredient in terms of herbs, spices that are, could be 
We tend to be more broad. If something good from Dalat, which is my hometown, which is also in the mountain highland area, uh, we would use some of those ingredients into the cocktails. Uh, but if we find something, let's say, in Hoi An Da Nang that we like, I have no problem putting those into the bar also. To be, we're trying to be a little bit more of, uh, to some extent, unifying the Vietnamese experience. So if there's something good from the north of Vietnam, Hanoi, uh, we will use it. Uh, Central, we use it. And then I source a lot of stuff locally, which is a lot from the Mekong Delta, which is closest to Saigon, where we're based. Uh, and then Dalat, which is my hometown. So we, I, I go back there every three or four months. So we incorporate a lot of those ingredients into the, the cocktail experience when we make it so that, and you know, we have uh, now a very young, talented bartender there. We have, uh, we, do, we have just 18 seats in, in the space, so it's very intimate. Oh, it's pretty tiny. Very okay. tight, intimate. Uh, and, but uh, it's designed by a friend of mine, a guy named Sean Dix, who's quite, he's based in London and uh, Hong Kong. He's designed many of the really cool restaurant bar uh, in Hong Kong, in Europe. So we did bring a bit of this international flair into Vietnam in terms of the, the design of the space. It's, it's really very cool, sexy space, but it's small, you know. I'm looking forward to going. I really am. And, uh, you know, I follow the social media and stuff, but maybe it'd be interesting to talk about. Can I just add on, on to, to that um, as well? This is another example of Peter driving the trends in the, the industry. Because mm -hmm. one of the a key trend that I've noticed in the last three or four years is this rise of the hybrid. So it's this concept of under the same roof, you have a restaurant and a cocktail bar or even two or three different floors, you know, within the, within the restaurant. Mm. And that can be really, you know, really successful around the sort of the gear shift moment, you know, when you've had the dinner, everybody's feeling sort of fairly happy. And then normally it's a question of, oh, now we need to get a taxi and we need to go and queue up to get in that rooftop bar and it's going to be 45 minutes between this last drink here and the, the next one. Now yeah. you just go upstairs. Mm -hmm. And um, these outlets can be really successful in capturing a, a greater proportion of the customer's spend that's, you know, that, that they're going to have on that evening to maybe even 100% of it. You actually don't need to go mm. anywhere else. So, you know, many times people have, have, have arrived at Peter's place six o'clock and I don't know, probably <laughs> getting thrown out at midnight. And he's, <laughs> he's not mentioned he's got this incredible um, record collection, you oh, know, proper okay. vintage record with a, with a you know, bona fide record player. And then he gets the old uh, Saigon music out. And uh, nice. it's, it's really fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes, you know, it's um, particularly, uh, I think for me, the bar, the, the ambience is really important because the restaurant sometimes is more about because you have a tighter space. That's why, you know, when we look at, when we're into smalls and stuff like that, you can feel the, it's bigger, but you can feel the ambience of the place. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you walk in there, it creates a completely different feeling. And then of course, if you have, you know, we're trying to create a little bit of this modern Vietnamese bar, but we got, we're gonna generate this feeling from Saigon from the 1960s, you know, which is kind of like, we call this the, in Vietnamese, we call it Duc Bai Milam. That means before 1975. Hmm. Uh, before 1975, Saigon was another, another city. It uh, didn't have this, the war and the influence from right. outside of the war. Uh, so to some extent, this was more up to the natural state of the Saigonese 
with their music, with their expression of themselves and the way they, and there used to be a lot of these, uh, I'm not sure what you call them, kind of like, uh, uh, what do you call them when it's like a place where you go listen music late at night and stuff like that, um, you know? Like a jazz bar? Yeah, something like that, you know, so there were a lot of singers uh, and uh, so there was a lot of music, but they called that kind of like the golden area of the music. So we we collected a good number of those records, mm. and then we got this one nice vintage 1960 original Japanese uh, LP player, you That's know. Cool. So when we're putting on that music, it created a completely different vibe in this little box of, you know, just 18 seats, you know. So, and because it's sometimes the vinyl, it, it's completely different from anything digital because it captures so much information. So when you're playing that music, you hear the crackle and stuff like that, it's, it's almost real, you mm -hmm. know, almost like surreal, you mm -hmm. know, uh, even the sound that it makes, you, you know, so it's uh, it's really a wonderful thing. And, and then of course, when we have that, you got a bartender shaking a cup of cocktails, putting a nice cocktail in front of you. It's, uh, it's a nice experience. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like a good ambience and the music. I think that's incredible. You know, it's having this sort yeah. of history and right. and heritage. What's the drinking culture like now in Vietnam? Are people coming around to the idea of these cocktail bars and high end and local produce? Is it something that's growing? Or? Yeah, I, I think um, you, you know, Vietnam now is growing really fast, and Saigon now has a very open culture. They want to know what the new thing is. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, also the Vietnamese also traveling a lot more now, so they they're quite aware. And uh, also they have the money to spend now as well too. You know, let's say uh, 10 US dollar for a cocktail is not a problem. Mm. Um, and uh, so I think both on the, the, the customer side, you have a lot more local people want to experience these things. But also now we have a lot of young Vietnamese bartender. Mm -hmm. uh, they're getting good, they're very well aware. And also they're willing to open bars that uh, using more local ingredients and stuff like that as well too so it's a bit of a new thing but so we have a lot of young bartenders now who starting to open their own bars smaller little places just to do interesting stuff and they know what their guests also want in terms of local because it's people like them right so for i give you an example it's uh, just down the street from our restaurant we were when we were there it's basically me and the market ladies there's no one else there you know they're selling the food in the market and our restaurant uh but gradually uh we have some a few bars and restaurants start to open up they see us being successful up here so the rent is not too expensive maybe i'll open one here mm -hmm. so uh so we have some that open but not successful but there's one right now there's a place called boo uh, sg it's a local bar uh, up on the third floor, and a lot of the low young bartender, low young bartender go there after work. It's kind of like an after work place for the bartenders. Uh, so that bar is quite nice. It's a small little base hidden in a building. You have to walk up to a noodle shop and a couple of flight of stairs before you get up there. Nice. But they do really nice cocktails, and it's a completely local operation with mostly young Vietnamese who come there to to drink, and you know, they, and they know their cocktails now. Mm. Well, exciting times, and Chris, exciting for you as well, because you recently just took a new role, and yes. uh, I know it's going to be more focused on promoting F&B, which is definitely your kettle of fish, mm. but congratulations, and, and tell us more about um, how exciting this is to be able to take the role, and I guess do more promoting of Vietnam and, and how you love it. Yeah, so uh, recently I've, I've, I've joined Vietcetra, 
uh, one of the biggest uh, media companies in, in Vietnam with a, a real focus of, of online. But it's sort of a multicast approach as well. So very strong on across all channels, really, YouTube, Spotify. Um, the podcasts are particularly successful around mm. around what we do. And the mission is to is to connect Vietnam to the world and the world to Vietnam, which kind of, uh, that really chimed well with me because I've been, you know, trying to do that, you know, with other other roles that I've been involved in in Vietnam um, proceeding to this. And I think the thing that that clinched it for me in terms of wanting to to join these guys was when I I went to the uh, the press conference for their Flavors program, which is pretty much the the food and beverage industry awards. Mm. And I was really, really impressed in how they, they activated that. There was a big conference up in Hanoi, a really big conference in Saigon, loads and loads of activities all around it. And it culminated in in awards for the best chef, you know, the best bartender, best restaurant, um, best bar. And we have it in sort of two two approaches. One, we have a grand jury of 25 experts who will will vote for one given award. And then there's a popular online vote as well. So the the idea of, of what I'll be doing next year is to is to be the curator of that. So hmm. try and make it um, even bigger and better, you know, if, if, if we can do. Hmm. And uh, of course, if if any awards come through and anybody doesn't agree with them, <laughs> They'll be coming straight to me. So um, I think how the CEO has uh, done yes, quite well yes, to bring yes. someone else into to sort of field some inquiries uh, and that part of it definitely is not uh, enviable. Mm. You, you know, because uh, you know, it's not no list is ever perfect. Right. And uh, someone else is always if they're not on it, they think they should be on it, and if they say you know, so it's. It's an, it's a that part of it definitely will be challenging. <laughs> to at, say least, the least. at least if we can make it as <laughs> robust and as um, transparent as possible, then then that's all you can do. And I guess the votes will be the vote at, mm. at the end of mm. the day. But we'll mm. be able to even more kind of share with people how the conclusions were reached. So, but it's just a great way to celebrate the industry, right? Mm. And sort of highlight these amazing places. And I like you've got the public vote as well because you get yeah. the public involved too and they get to, you know, talk about the bars they love or the restaurants they love as well. Mm. So, yeah, very exciting stuff going on in Vietnam. So, and so uh, yeah, and, and I guess the idea of that is uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal a line from, from Mark the other, the other day. He talked <laughs> about it's not about spotlighting, it's shining a, a floodlight mm. on the industry. And so that, that's really mm-hmm. what we want to try and do as well. Um, by highlighting the great things that are going on in, in Vietnam. But as part of this trip is almost to share with people in Vietnam some of the great things that are that are going on, you know, in and around the region. So I had a really good meeting a few weeks ago with those uh, cool kids down at Eat and Cook in Malaysia mm. who'd come in, uh, you know, debuted at mm. number 75 on the list. They mm. won the American Express, one to watch. So we're going to do a feature on them and then I'm going to meet... Philip Bishkoff tomorrow at uh, a Bangkok Social. So okay. he seems to be the man of the moment, doesn't he? So it'd be nice to. He's unstoppable. That guy is like, uh, he's got the mildest touch. Whatever he touches, it just works amazingly. But mm. he's so good. He's such a hospitality person. So yeah. Yeah. So, and then of course, all of them, when we see them, we're going to try and 
tempt them to Vietnam, you know, like we're trying to do with you, and get them, get them, get them over and show what's going on. And yeah, I'm definitely going to come, and I think a lot of other people will go as well. Um, yeah, and it, it's so nice that we can actually travel without any restrictions again. It's just a lot easier. So yes. Good. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap up very soon, but okay. thank you both for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, anything else you want to talk about today? Because obviously we've got the auto me tonight, so that's quite exciting. Um, what do you want to do in Bangkok before you go? I, I think, you know, um, I've stayed a couple extra longer. Uh, two of our staff here, they have to go back because now I'll because of the loose and travel restriction, our restaurant is getting quite busy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've Flew back this morning. I'm going to be here a couple of days to attend the the awards, and also uh, there's a lot of bunch of restaurants uh, that are both uh, Thai or Thai Michelin style. I want to try uh, just to experience them to see how it's done here. Because for us, it's really you know we want to try to get to learn, get inspiration, come back, and hopefully improve what we do a bit. Mm. Good. And, and if, if I can just uh, finally, just a quick shout out to Stir Bar in mm. Ho Chi Minh City. Um, this bar was uh, listed at number eighty four in the in the list, and they're currently flying the flag for for Vietnam. Mm. And um, what's really positive about Stir Bar is it's one hundred percent owned and run by Vietnamese Vietnamese bartenders. Uh, the clientele is probably 98% Vietnamese as well. Uh, so it's great to see that they've, you know, they've made the list. And I don't know. Let's see what happens later. But um, <laughs> they may be the only one. But they're flying the flag for us uh, currently. Well, hopefully a few more in the future. Because I think mm. if you keep growing like this, there's going to be a lot of progress. So thank you very much, guys. It's been thank a pleasure. You. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate having on so. Thank you so much for listening to the show, guys. Uh, We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major podcast providers. Your support helps my show grow, and I love you for listening. So thank you so much. If you want to be a part of it even more, please look at the show notes. You can find links to our Facebook group, The Beverage Network. You can also find links to my Patreon page where you can help the show grow even further with small donations. And you can also find my email where you can reach me anytime with any questions. You guys are amazing. I love this industry. Let's keep it growing. Thank you for listening to On The Bad Bar.